welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that doesn't have multiple variants. It's exactly the same every week. I'm James. I'm Dan. This week we'll talk about what we've been watching. We have a conflict of interest where we will choose one streaming service to take to a remote desert island that also has internet access. And our main review is Kimmy, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Jam-packed this week. I expect it to be a great episode. I've no doubt about it. Yes. But how are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm going to use this platform to just basically unleash my my shame, my my deep secret that I've been holding on to for a few weeks. So this, this is old news. And anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while will know that we're quite behind with news because of the way that this podcast is released. We'll sometimes tell you something a week later. Um, so this isn't current, but you know Wordle? I don't. Is that a game? Is that an app? Game? You've, you've heard of this. Come on, this is like me not knowing. What was it? There was something a few weeks ago. It was topical. It was political and I had no idea. I don't uh, know. America pulling out of Afghanistan. That might have been it. I just didn't want you to actually say it because it's embarrassing, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I've got no idea what Wordle is. Sorry. Right. Okay. It's this game that I'm going to butcher this because I don't actually know the origins. But in a roundabout way, some guy designed a game for him and his partner. And it's a grid that is one word each day, five letters. And you guess, it'll tell you if your letters are in the right place or if they're not existent. And you just have to guess the word of the day. Everyone's playing it. It's taking the world by storm. And ironically, the guy who created it was like, never going to monetize this. That wasn't the purpose. And he's just sold it to the New York Times for a six-figure sum. Anyway, I thought, well, go on. Everyone's talking about it at work. I'm going to jump on this. And I started playing it for a good week. And I thought, this this is good. I like this, but I'm not understanding the obsession. I don't know where this is really like just took everyone by storm. It's a bit weird. Anyway, a mere week later, I found out that I'd just downloaded a rip-off app on the App Store called Wordle that is nothing like the game. So you can only play Wordle on a web browser. And I just thought I was part of that moment. I was going in saying, oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And they were all like, yeah, did you get the word yesterday? And I'm thinking, this is a grid of several words, like 20 words. What are you talking about? The word of the day. I just, I've not, I've not told anyone because I'm deeply ashamed. But I just feel that I have to out myself on this podcast and say that I'm a massive idiot. Um, how embarrassing. So there you go. Yeah. Judge me if you want. I mean, you can't. You don't even know what it is. I know. I've just Googled it as you've been talking. So I think I get it. I've never, I'd, I'd heard the story about Wordle, but I think I thought it was a different word based game. So were you playing a crossword app by accident? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Just I'm not going to laugh. I mean, I'm saying that's funny because I was, I was thinking, I was, I was realizing that we, we haven't established our laughs, our podcast laugh. We have mild chuckles that we edit out sometimes. We don't have a podcast laugh. But yeah, that's a funny story. Thank you for telling it. Have you now played the real Wordle though? I, I have played and mastered the real Wordle. Um, I'm now part of the conversation in a real way that wasn't me just winging it before. So, yeah. Okay. So is there one word per day? Yes. Yeah. Right. What was today's word then? I haven't done it today. I'm leaving that till bedtime. So, 
But uh, yeah, very hot on it. I am at twelve okay. o'clock at night. Speaking of what we're hot on, should we talk about what we've been watching? Yes, but given my watch list, I want you to go first because there's going to be an ebb and flow to it if you do so. So what have you been watching this week? What have I been watching this week? Severance on Apple TV Plus, said to be the first great show of 2022. What's it about? It's about severed workers. So when you are at work, you have no memory of your life in the outside world. When you're in the outside world, you have no memory of what you do at work. And this is a voluntary, irreversible surgical procedure that you have done on you when you become a worker at Lumen, a mysterious global corporation. The first and second episodes do a lot to explain how it works with a new member of staff, Heli. It's not too complicated of a concept. It's not like Tenet where you've got no idea what's going on. It's just new and exciting now, there are questions about what really happens at the Lumen company. Is it morally right to effectively trap a version of yourself at work forever? Because your innie, as it's called, your innie gets in a lift at the end of the day and then immediately gets out and starts the new day. So it's a horrific trap. It's mostly directed by Ben Stiller, though he did not create it. Possibly the best work of his career, or at least the best thing he's done since Zoolander. We've talked previously about when programs, you watch them, give them one or two episodes, and I'll give up. I'm not going to bother with this. This shows the opposite side. When you watch the first episode, you think, I have to see the rest of this. I have to see it. And not a line is wasted. Every character is distinctive and mysterious in their own way. Even the characters that appear as comic relief actually have a bit more to them, like the characters played by John Turturro. Is that his name? Is it John? I'm not going to be protected. It's John Turturro, but whatever. Okay, John Turturro, yeah. His character, you think, oh, this is comic relief. He's the old guy, but he has this weird loyalty, fanatical loyalty to the company. Why? How long has he been there? What's going on? Visually, they do a lot with the bright white office space. It's very deliberately shot. I don't know what that means, but it's very <laughs> deliberately shot. It's not like Netflix some Netflix programs that despite the different setting, like Vikings Valhalla, Inventing Anna, the key one, Lock and Key, they somehow look the same. There's no true like vision behind them, but this feels like there's a vision behind it. They're onto something. I also really like how when they are in the office, they have slightly dated technology. They're using old-looking computers. They've got old-looking vending machines. It, it's sort of timeless. And in that way, it reminds me of Control. Did you play Control, the PS4 game? Yes, and I bloody loved it. Great game, that. I love that game as well. If you've played Control, I think you can find similarities with Severance. Even though it's very clearly explained what they're doing, Control, it's this mysterious world within a world that's inside the office, and they're doing very mysterious, unusual, otherworldly things. But it's still grounded in these little bits of office politics. Like they have signs on the on these boards, like telling them about the strict rules of the office space. Even though it's this completely bizarre mystery, it's still got this office politics to it. I think it's fantastic and brilliant. I cannot wait for the next episode each week. Have you seen this as well? I have seen this as well. And I... 
hate you a little bit right now because I was going to review it, but you've done a very fine job of telling people why they should watch it. So, yeah, I, I echo everything that you've said. It's it's very sterile looking, isn't it? The show, like it's it's as basic as it comes, and I think it isn't the desert, so I'm fine with it. But I don't know if everyone's gonna warm to that. It's not the nicest place to spend your time, but it is, as you say. It's by design, isn't it? It is a very deliberate thing. Um, but that, that's the only thing I'd say if people don't quite warm to it at first. You have told people what this is about, and, and rightly so, because otherwise, why would you be interested? I didn't know any of what was going to happen in the show. I didn't know what it was about. And it's too late if you're listening. <laughs> you now know. But if you were to go in blind, I actually thought that was a really good experience because that there's a woman who wakes up on a table and she has no idea what's going on. And neither do you if you don't know the concept. And I kind of went on that journey with her. And it's about the 20 minute mark where I was like, oh, this is what it's about. How interesting. Because it is. Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. You've said it all. It's conceptually one of the most interesting things that I've seen in ages. Uh, and it reminded me of devs in that way. But unlike devs that for some reason I loved but did not finish, I will be seeing this through. It is very good stuff. And Apple back to a winning streak, hopefully. Yes. Conceptually brilliant, but it also follows through in every other way as well. It is interesting how they do that where Heli, played by Britt Lower, you start off with her. She's sort of set up as the main character because you see her first, but it's actually Adam Scott from parks and recreation who's the true main character but they both have almost equal standing mm. sometimes so i would like both of those call leads are very good and it's funny but it's definitely not a comedy because it's ben stiller it's adam scott from parks and recreation but they managed to hold back on it being a full comedy yeah it's it's the the tone the aesthetic and the music it all perfectly blends together apart from the music annoyed the hell out of me i don't know about you in fact it won't have affected you because i don't think you'll know this song i was like this is an instrumental of a song that i love it's either purposeful or they've ripped it off and i can find no recognition of the fact that it's an instrumental of this song so trip no something shapiro who did the score you are a thief you're a thief i know that you have stolen the melody of the song what's it called animals by koala i'm on to you you've been called out yeah shapiro something shapiro <laughs> the second episode in a week where someone calls shapiro has been mentioned on this podcast oh ben shapiro last week of course yeah. <laughs> of the daily wire fan anyway what else have you been watching this week genius which autocorrect does not like it when you try to say it's the Kanye West documentary trilogy on Netflix called Genius or Bean Yucks as autocorrect would rather have it. <laughs> so this is the documentary trilogy on Netflix, but Netflix bought it. They didn't produce it. It's directed by Kudi and Chike and... Sound like a local group of Hellraisers. Yeah. So Kudi, Kudi or Cody, I'm going to say Cody. Cody was a comedian filmmaker who made friends with iconic rapper Kanye West over 20 years ago and decided to make a documentary about him, trying to make it 
and get a record deal. The first two episodes cover from Kanye being a producer slash rapper who worked with Jay-Z up until the release of College Dropout in 2004. The third episode, which hasn't been released yet, appears from the trailer to be about the remaining 16 years. So the first two episodes is about like 2000 to 2004. Then the remaining 16 years is all covered in episode three. These are all 90-minute episodes. And it seems like the third episode is going to be about all the more iconic, controversial Kanye moments, like I'm going to let you finish or I'm God and the presidential run. It's shockingly intimate. You see Kanye West at the dentist getting his wireframe taken out. You see him visiting his mother, being taught life lessons. And there's a key scene where Kanye goes to the Rockefeller offices where he's known as a producer. And he plays these random marketing assistants, a CD of All Falls Down, and they just don't care. Like he's trying to get noticed for his music. And they say, we're going to storm the offices, but nothing comes of it. And he's two years away from releasing one of the biggest albums ever. And it's, it's really interesting to watch. Yay, as he's now legally known, is likable. He's aspirational. He talks openly about his ambitions and he runs around trying to get recognition from these big rap names. He practically begs them to feature on his songs. And he's now bigger than all these people that he's trying to get recognition from. At the end of episode one, I was almost in tears because you can feel the ambition and you know that he makes it and he's so likable. But it's before some things all start to go a bit wrong in recent times. Do you feel as though it's going to address any of that? Because like you said, it's really intimate and <laughs> I've had nothing but my missus flashing a phone in front of me and saying, my God, look what he's put on Twitter now or Instagram or whatever it was, I can't remember. Um, and it does seem a bit concerning. He's obviously not well uh, now. Um, well, it's been recognised, hasn't it? But I wonder if it touches on that or if it's just going to gloss over it. I'd be curious to see. Obviously, you can't answer. You've not seen it, but I think I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. The first episodes, it's very much all the footage from before College Dropout came out so it doesn't address any of that but knowing what we know now the way he behaves sometimes you think when he's being a bit more nervous you're watching it now you think oh is this a sign of, of things to come mm, yeah but it's, i think it's more that just he, you can see that self-belief there from the start and you can draw a straight line from him saying i know this album's going to be great no one can stop me to I can be president, no one can stop me. He just has that he's had the same attitude all the way through. Yeah. Got to admire the ambition. And you were from memory, casting my mind back 15 years. You were quite a fan, weren't you? Of his first was it his first album actually? I don't yeah, know. I really like college dropout and graduation from 2007. I liked the the modulated voice one. It's called 70808 and Heartbreak, the one that has Love lockdown on it, but then I went off him after that. Yeah, it is weird though, isn't it? Like you forget how many hits are in there because I started playing the remastered version of Saints Row the other week, Saints Row Fall, and they had the power song playing through this like massive battle that you do. And I just thought that is not my go to Kanye song, 
But that that is a good song. Like he's he's got some absolute bangers. Yeah, and on um on Spotify, if you go on this is Kanye West, the, the Spotify's curated greatest hits of Kanye. The the top few songs on there, it's not even the songs that I would go to for him. Mm. So like you say, he's got so many great songs, and he's more listened to on Spotify than Jay Z. But in this documentary, he's totally in the shadow of the immortal icon, Jesse. So did, did they follow him throughout all this time? Or is it just incidental footage that they've got? The hands they, they, are, they are following him. So Cody was doing interviews with people on the Chicago rap scene. And he felt that Kanye West stood out. And he knew about Kanye West's ambitions. And they both wanted to make it. So they both went to New York together. Cody wanted to be a filmmaker. Kanye West wanted to be a rapper. And, and Cody claims in the in the narration that he knew there was something special. So he just wanted to track Kanye West's journey. So he's he is literally following him around. And you see Cody say, I had to be I had to be there to see him do this performance. I had and he's there when he's like recording Jesus Walks and he's there for through a lot of the college dropout sessions. So yeah, it's not incidental. It's they are intentionally making a Kanye West documentary. But at the end of episode two, Cody says, after college dropout, because it ends with the Grammys and Kanye winning the Grammys, Cody says, and then me and Kanye started to grow apart. And it shows Cody doing other stuff. And I just thought, I don't care about what you're doing, Cody. I want to get back to Kanye. (laughs) Become friends with Kanye again. That's what I want to see. So I just wonder if they just weren't in contact for 16 years and it becomes a bit more choppy and maybe it's going to be more archive footage of Kanye doing his most controversial things narrated by Cody. And then maybe they get back together properly Mm. in 2020 to be followed around again. Maybe that's what they're going to do. So it might be disappointing in the end. It'll become much less intimate. Well, in fact, in light of that, I'm going to hold off watching it until you've finished it. So let me know your final verdict next week. But it does sound interesting. Um, yeah, cool. Anything else you've been watching? Very quick one. The Legend of Vox Machina, which is on Amazon Prime. It's a comedy animation about a gang of misfits questing around medieval magical land fighting dragons and other villains i tried it because it has a very high imdb rating invincible and arcane were all so brilliant i was ready for some adult animation this didn't reach that level it's based on a live role play of dungeons and dragons done by critical role i don't know what that means what i've just said but that's what it is (laughs) And and i sense that if you don't have any knowledge of them of this critical role thing you can't get full enjoyment out of it. I don't know where all this came from. I don't know the references. To me, it's just a okay, good comedy animation that I do feel I'm too old for. Well, I'll give that one a miss. Yep. Daniel, what have you been watching? So we've both spoke about Severance. I watched it as well. And having watched Severance, I couldn't help think that it was a bit of a like an extended episode of Black Mirror, but it it led me to thinking about Charlie Brooker and how progressively disappointing Black Mirror got in the last few seasons. And then I was reminded of Newswipe and the fact that that wasn't so great and Death to 2020 was quite poor. 
And I thought, what, what's happened to this genius that was Charlie Brooker? And, and what's he doing right now? Uh, he's gone very quiet. So I IMDB'd the man. And I heard about Cat Burglar, which, as if by convenient miracle, had arrived on Netflix the day before I'd done this Google search. So I thought, this is clearly fake. I'll watch this. And surely the time that Charlie Brooker spent in hibernation, it must have been worth the wait. As for what it is, it's an interactive choose-your-own-adventure-type thing like Bandersnatch, but done in the animation style of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, such as Top Cat. And basically, you're helping a cat burgle a museum, but unlike Bandersnatch, rather than you making character choices that dictate the outcome of the story, the success of this robbery depends on you answering a series of three trivia questions correctly in a very short space of time. And if you answer wrong, you lose one of the three lives that you have as a cat. You were meant to have nine lives, so that doesn't make sense. In terms of the visuals and paying homage to you know old-timey cartoons, it does that very well. The, the music and the animation definitely evokes that era. But as an experience or piece of content, it's... It's fine, if not instantly forgettable. It's it's twelve minutes of your time, so you're not gonna like begrudge the fact that you gave it a chance. And that maybe I'm being overly harsh, but because Brooker's name's attached, I don't I don't envy him the time that he's had off. I think he earned it. He definitely did. He's given us a lot of good, but this just seems so small fry. Like why go silent for all this time and then give us this of everything? This I just expected more. It's such a something and nothing thing. Yeah, I just, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I might be bringing my own bitterness into this because I actually died three times in a row. So I felt like a complete idiot. Um, so that might have something to do with the negative review. But it was just so average. I'm, I'm surprised I've remembered to review it on this podcast. It's just not worth your time, I don't think. It's 12 minutes, the whole thing. Well, I gave up. I, I think I've gauged that off IMDb where I've just put it in, it said 12 minutes runtime. I think that's your average for making choices and reaching the natural end. Because I think you either go to heaven or hell, I believe. Can't confirm that because I've not played it enough to know all the outcomes, but I played it enough to know that I wasn't bothered. So, yeah. All right. I'll give that a miss then. Yeah, not great. What else have you been watching? It's not been a good week, James. Um... (laughs) Next one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I near enough have nothing to say about it. It is a complete waste of time. I see that they did some really fabulous bit of marketing with the fact that rather than most franchises where they add a the to the beginning, no, where they drop the the, so Fast and Fury. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's the other way around. They've added a the. This is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre rather than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I fucked that entire thing up because I've got that wrong. It's IMDb have made an error, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. I got 45 minutes in. There's no reason for this film to exist. The Jessica Beale Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I think was from 2003. I've not watched it since then, but I thought that was a very, very good update of a classic horror film. I loved that. And it wasn't the fact that she wore tight jeans. It had nothing to do with it at all, I'm sure. 
Really good film. This is just a retread of the same thing again. Oh, we're, what is it? Nearly 20 years down the line. Let's do it all again. There's no point. There is no point. It fails miserably. The deaths are not interesting. No, just give it a miss. Not worth your time. Terrible. Okay. I have only seen negative things about this. So I've, I've avoided it. I'm surprised you gave it a try. Had you seen the negativity before you watched it? Well, I made that age-old problem of watching it when it was brand spanking new. So you always get those weird infiltrators who give false reviews. And it was more leaning towards a 6 out of 10, I think, on IMDb. So I thought maybe there'll be something in this that I actually like. And now it's dropped to a 4.9, which is much more accurate. So, yeah. That's, that's a shame. Do you have anything else? Last one. As I said, it's not been a great week. Um, and I'm afraid I'm, we're ending on another sour note. No Exit, which premiered this weekend on Disney Plus. Last week, I reviewed Shut In, a very assured small budget thriller that understood that having a relatable character and an emotional core to your storyline will take you a very long way. And that was about a recovering drug addict that finds herself in danger. And it's basically this fight for survival against the odds. Now, the setting and a few plot details are different with no exit but it is pretty much the same story. I would argue that it's the antithesis of shutting when it comes down to execution. So you've got an in-recovery addict. She breaks out of rehab, goes to see her mum, who's been taken seriously ill, and she does this in the middle of a snowstorm. And I was so disinterested was I by the whole thing that she ends up shacked up with loads of strangers, and I don't know how or why. That's how little attention... I was paying to it. I don't know why they end up in this place. I don't know what got them there, but they're there. And they're waiting for the weather to, uh, to subside. And whilst they're waiting for that, she discovers that one of the strangers is holding a little girl captive in the back of the van. And this kickstarts like a cat and mouse type thriller. And I was encouraged to watch this after glossing over some favourable IMDb reviews that just said, switch your brain off, popcorn thriller, it's fine. This is switch your brain off to the point of being brain dead. It's 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 that bad. And I, I can't really put my finger on why. It's not that nothing happens. There's like constantly plot developments. There's like double crossing, twists, kidnapping, violence, on foot pursuits, standoffs a sufficient amount of blood and gore. But it was one of those where the further along it went, the more I could feel myself being worn down by it because it just, there wasn't any originality in it at all. And it's the sort of film that you've seen a thousand times over and it just plays out beat for beat exactly how you would expect. So it, it was run of the mill to the point that it made me tired and I was just so numb to it all that I didn't react other than strongly blinking, which I think was a sign that it, my body was saying, you don't need to watch this. Rest your eyes. Go to sleep. <laughs> Spur yourself. Um, I, I'm sure if you don't like ordinarily gravitate to this sort of film, you might find it passable. But for me, after especially after last week was shut in, which I was not expecting anything out of, and I thought, that was really good. This was absolute garbage. It was terrible. But if you're a fan of 24, Dennis Haysbert shows up to demonstrate that he has very limited artistic range. But um, beyond that, 
um, which isn't even, even a reason to watch it. I don't know why you would bother. It's not very good. And the second example of a film using a nail gun as a weapon this week, but I would say probably the least impressive version of that. I saw the poster for this, No Exit, and I did immediately think, oh, that's President Farmer from 24. With slightly more grey beard, but, you know. Yeah. Nah, right, it's... so we, we'll, we'll end positively. Severance. We both love Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes, and I don't know if you know, apparently for critics, the whole thing has been released and their opinions have not waned. It, it ends strong. People are saying that it's not one of those that goes downhill. It, it maintains that level of... What's the word I'm looking for? Quality. Thank you. And I, I wish I hadn't read a review because there's no spoilers in it, but it says it it's good until the end. The end is really good. So now, I'm, so then when I was watching episode three, I was thinking, oh, so what is this ending? And it's distracted me from the quality. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about the end now. We agree on severance, but will we agree on the conflicts of interest topic? What are you talking about, yeah? I very much disagree Shut up, with yeah. that. Too. You do not have good opinions. What an idiot. I hate everything. You can't even speak. Nothing you're saying makes sense. Conflicts of interest. We've talked about too much choice before, but what if we were forced to make a choice and the choice that we are having to choose is one streaming service only to live with on a remote desert island? What would you pick? So what are the options then? Go on. I was just going to say a remote desert island with very specific rules around its internet connection and what is available. <laughs> yes, that's right. Let's establish the options. Netflix, Amazon Prime, the BBC iPlayer, Apple TV+, Plus, Disney, Now TV. Do you think that's fair? What about 4 and 5 OD? Okay, we can, use, we can have 4 I mean, OD, 5 OD though. is taking the piss. It's not a real option for anyone. But 4 OD, Film 4 produces quite a lot of films. They've got some very half-decent content on there, so I think that should be in the running. Okay, right. So Amazon Prime, I think there's not enough content on there. The the rate of, of content is too low. Sometimes you go on there, you realise there's nothing. There's nothing there except for one Australian drama that I'm not going to watch. Apple TV Plus, there's not enough historical content and the new stuff that comes through. That's, go on, what were you going to say? It's breathing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It's a convenient point to ask the question. Apple TV and Amazon have other services under the hood. Stars play, Shudder. Are they options or is it, is it literally the service itself? Uh, it's just the service itself. Okay, okay, okay. I'm glad we've clarified. Continue. Right. So Apple TV just has no historical content at all. So that immediately takes out of the running. It's not worth it because you don't have that occasional oh they've got captain america winter soldier on there some of the new stuff the star power is great but it has a luxury shine to it but no substance that's the general theme with them netflix netflix it's an endless stream of content there's always something on there open netflix press anything crime drama crime drama crime documentary <laughs> crime documentary or a crime drama <laughs> There's always something there, a lot of old content, even though it's slowly, they're very, very slowly losing the rights to it. But is it a good thing? 
to always have something to watch, whether you actually want to watch something or not. Disney Plus, unless you want to watch old Marvel and Star Wars films, I don't think there's anything there. Sorry. The BBC. So this is going to be my choice. The BBC iPlayer delivers, on average, the highest quality of content, of original new content. The BBC dramas like Responder, Time, Chloe, and you sometimes get the really good American dramas like Miss America, American Crime Story, the Bill Clinton one, which I think they're both short time, aren't they? So maybe that's why they've both got them. And you occasionally get films just pop up, the films that are on the BBC. You also get to watch them. Just recently, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, on BBC iPlayer for no reason. Amazing. AKA Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid's remake. <laughs> Um, and price, of course, is no concern here. It's not uh, relevant. TV license. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah, but it's it's, it's nominal. Not, it's not it's relevant, nominal, it's not it? relevant in, this, in this discussion. So I would actually have BBC iPlayer as my own, as my single forced option on a remote desert island. Right. Okay. Okay. I I flitted between BBC and what I eventually landed upon because I think now I'm showing my hand too early I don't have to do a build up I've picked Amazon Prime Video and I'm shocked and maybe you will be because I did a bit of research did you know that Amazon Prime Video has the most content out of all I didn't know that I didn't by a country mile ish I've not worked it out it splits the content up between TV and film so if we concentrate on film, Amazon Prime Video has 4,900 films on there. And in comparison, Netflix has 3,600. And I just thought, cut through all the bullshit. It's got to be content. It's not just that. I'll, I'll add more weight to this in a minute. Netflix, I agree with you. I think having an endless stream of content, which is what I've picked in the end, <laughs> is not necessarily a bad thing. But I don't like that Netflix prescribes to a very specific customer or it, it manufactures content for a customer base that that is more prevalent than you know i don't know what i'm saying whatever i just i know that there are things on amazon prime that i have brushed over and said i don't want anything to do with that because i'm not immediately pulled into it and you know why that's because it hasn't been part of this netflix algorithm that you mentioned the other week where it's all purposeful. They're trying to draw me in. I've been tricked. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or whatever it's called, The Man in the High Castle, there are high-quality Amazon Prime shows that I've not even touched. And I have found that when I've IMDb'd things before, as is my obsessive thing that I do, they're just available on Amazon Prime. I would never find them, but they're there. And I think if I'm stuck on a desert island, I will stumble across this content and i think it's just the safer option rather than being completely intellectually bankrupt and sticking to netflix i just don't think that's a healthy thing to do despite the fact that nine times out of ten that is what we review on this yeah. podcast yeah so <laughs> there are treasures to be explored there is what i'm saying that's that's why right. i picked it you've made such a good well thought out and researched argument there that I'm not sure what to say in response. <laughs> I think I, I was just driven by my 
feelings at the time. And I was, I was thinking, I, I think I did put myself too much in the hole of quality over quantity and thinking about recent things on the BBC being good. But you're right, once you scroll down a little bit more on Prime, there's so much there, old and new. Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought this was an interesting stat, by the way. So Amazon Prime, 2,400 TV shows, 4,900 films. Netflix, 3,600 TV shows, 3,700 films. Apple TV, 54 TV shows, 18 films. (laughs) Same price. That's outrageous. That's absolutely outrageous. So Netflix has um, TV shows, 2,000 Amazon, 3,000 Netflix. Is that what you just said? Yeah, more of like 2,400 Amazon, 3,600 Netflix, yeah. so But Netflix, it's the, it's the endless stream that they put out, yeah, isn't it? Whereas Prime is, yeah. I think we feel the same about Netflix, don't we? We do. I mean, we're gluttons for it. We yes. are. But I think we're, we're on the same page. They put, they put out so much that they do manage to hit, they'll hit everyone with, with something eventually. They just dominated, didn't they? They were the first ones to the table. That's what everyone leans towards, and that's why they're always, more often than not, part of the conversation and at the forefront of everyone's minds rather than something like Amazon Prime. It's They were lucky, and they were they were first to market yeah. in a way. And would you say that Amazon Prime, in general, with their originals, it's, more, it's an older audience? Generally speaking, it's more mature. I, I do agree, but somehow the infant inside me goes i don't want that mature content give me something basic <laughs> let me go to netflix yeah, the there floor is something is nice about that <laughs> yeah. i don't want an alternate history where the nazis won i want the floor is lava we'll talk about that on the podcast <laughs> instead uh, but it is it's doing something damaging to our brains and that's why i think if i was left on this weird very weird remote island i'd be forced into watching something that was maybe a bit more highbrow so yeah that was my reason why we've we've forgotten about the bbc so do do you think that the bbc is maybe a a good good number two i think it's a fantastic number two i don't this is purely centered at american streaming services so and i will stipulate that this is figures as of august 2021 so i don't know if they've changed the only reason why i didn't settle on it is i can just imagine the bbc the length and breadth of that content is very good you get foreign content in there crime dramas that i will watch but i just don't think i think we're looking at another apple tv i think we're talking 98 tv shows eight films so that's the reason why i discounted it that was the only reason yeah but i think the quality is there yeah I think this wasn't the intention of this for it to be a fight, but I think you've sw- you have you've swayed me to Amazon Prime. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my option. Thank you. And free delivery of whatever package you may require to your remote island by drone. Yeah, it's part of your yeah. subscription. So with that question, really, isn't it? So it's settled. Settled on Amazon Prime. Right. No punishment is necessary because I have swayed you. So. If you'd have tried fighting your corner, punishment would have been given. Well done you for being weak. <laughs> weak or strong? That's the question we'll ask ourselves in this week's main review. Hello, I'd 
I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Call me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Kimmy. Kimmy? I'm here. What time is it? It's 7.26am. Kimmy? I'm here. Call Dr. Burns. I got her. What do you want from me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run from me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? What do you know? Hey, Google. Speak to Kimmy to tell Alexa to ask Siri how to make a film about the benefits of smart home technologies in a post-pandemic world. Hmm. I don't know that. <sighs> Forget it. James, do you want to give us a real plot synopsis? A tech worker with agoraphobia discovers recorded evidence of a violent crime but is met with resistance when she tries to report it. Seeking justice, she must do the thing she fears the most. She must leave her apartment. I felt a good lot of tension when you said that then. Like, I was like, oh, I felt like I was watching it again. It's a well-written summary. It is. Not by me. It was on Google. <laughs> but more to the point, what did you think of Kimmy? I went into this with almost no expectations i hadn't seen a trailer which is rare for me i was aware of the very positive critic reviews but the middling audience scores so i had an open mind when i saw this was covid related i thought oh here we go again someone's been inspired by covid but the pandemic is actually a backdrop to the story and it's a good story as described in the summary that is of our time but it's not of our time in a way that is trying too hard to be of our time. It actually captures things like paranoia and voluntary surveillance and the change of your understanding of the world post-pandem. It's less than two hours. That's an immediate positive for me. Some films are just too long. And it's a relief to watch such a straightforward piece of work that is also extremely well-made. There's no additional mythology or sequel speculation. It's set up the story, escalate things, have a payoff and an ending. Thank you. That was good. I think this whole film was made just to do that one spinning shot around the Alexa in the centre of the room. Do you know which one I mean? Where there's it, it kind of pans around the table and it centres the, the Kimmy device in the room. I think Steven Soderbergh did that shot at home during the lockdown and decided let's make a film out of this shot this is a really good shot that sums up how centered tech is in our lives but it is a good shot zoe kravitz is excellent in this i'd seen her in stuff before but never in a lead role and it's good to see someone like her represented in a film we really should see more daughters of famous singers getting leading film roles Joking aside, she carries the film. She's good. Most of the time, it's just her in a room, but it still works really well. It's billed as a thriller, but it's more of psychological tech suspense drama 
but still very worth watching. I wonder if the negative response is down to how it's, it's described as a tech thriller and it's maybe suggests there's going to be more action about her trying to solve this crime, but it's not that at all. It's her in her apartment for the vast majority of it. I wonder if that's where the negativity comes from. But the use of that space was very good. Do you remember the woman in the window that was also about someone in their home for the whole film? When we talked about that, I think we both said that you don't really get a sense of what that house is like. Mm. It's You don't get a sense of how big or small it is until the end when it shows all three floors. Whereas in this, you really get the sense of what the apartment is. And it does a lot visually to make it interesting. So it was a big surprise for me, this. Daniel, what did you think of Kimmy? So I, I, I meant to ask you up top, actually, but we can we can talk about that in more detail later. Steven Soderbergh, I don't know about you. He's a director who I can't say I've really been a massive fan of. Uh, Traffic, I hated then I bought the DVD because it won a few Oscars and I was a pretentious DVD collector. Contagion, I think one of your early reviews on this podcast, didn't really care for it, nor did I Out of Sight or Solaris. Aaron Brockovich and Ocean's Eleven are probably the most keen I've been on him. But regardless of my ambivalence towards him, I'm not ignorant. I recognise that he's had influence in the world of cinema. And the last film that I actually watched of his was Unsane. Have you watched that? The one with Claire Foy that was shot on an iPhone 7? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, don't bother. It's not very good. Okay. Um, but he's obviously a fan of experimenting with the medium, and that's that's a positive thing. So I, I expected this to be a bit more of an experiment, and because I've never been that keen on any of this stuff, I was like, yeah, it's filmed during covid it's going to make mention of that. It's going to be okay at best. Not expecting a lot. This film is is not a sci-fi, which for some reason I expected that it was going to be. It's more of an alternative version of the world we already live in. Like you said, it acknowledges that COVID is a thing, but it's not a focal point of it. It's in the background. And this is also a world where smart speakers exist in the majority of people's homes, except this isn't an Alexa. It's Kimmy. A lot of people are likening this to a more modern rear window, but rather than it being because it's set in the present day, the way in which the murder is witnessed is through this device. And Zoe Kravitz is an auditor of all the requests that people make, and she recognises errors in the understanding of the technology and and rectifies that. And I found that quite interesting because obviously, without me knowing the ins and outs, that is something that happens in the real world with the likes of Alexa and Siri and I thought oh I've never really thought about the fact that somebody reviews this that's interesting I liked that what I liked about this is ironically what I think people may have given it a negative review for it doesn't outright take down how intrusive this stuff is it's not providing a deep social commentary of invasion of privacy it's just a different way of framing a story that we've been told before and after I finished it or we finished it, my partner turned to me and she said, meh, that could have been a lot better. And I don't disagree with her, but there was enough going on in the form of, you know, the use of technology, the mystery, Zoe Kravitz's struggle. I liked all that stuff. 
And it doesn't seem too bothered about exploring any of those things in massive depth, but it presents them all in enough detail that I found it really engaging. And I did ultimately care what happened to her character and I was never bored. I think I was shocked by how straightforward a thriller it was, but that doesn't mean that it's not constantly entertaining. I like spending my time with Zoe Kravitz in her you know, very nice looking apartment. And I liked getting to learn some of her characteristic quirks in, you know, how she wafts her hands when she's put hand sanitizer on. It did frustrate me a bit, but that's just something that somebody may do. That's fine. It still fascinated me in a weird way. It's not overly flashy or impressive from a cinematography point of view, but there is some very nice camera work when we get outside of her apartment, which we can talk more about in spoilers. I enjoyed it quite a bit. The final 20 minutes goes a bit crazy and off the rails, if you ask me, but it still did remain fun. So I think if you're looking for a deep and meaningful film, think again. But if you want a fun time of a film that kind of zips by in the blink of an eye, this is it. And I think it's perfectly good at doing that. Very well said. Yes, the ending, we'll talk about that in spoilers, naturally. I hadn't thought about that, but people might have been disappointed that it didn't go after uh, home recording tech as much. But I think it's still it's still in there. It doesn't get into a, a preachy thing about how bad it all is. As I think, have you seen the laundromat which had Mel Mel Streep in it? That was about the, the like Panama offshore tax dodging people. No, I never watched that. That was that was bad. It was not good, and that's just pure preaching about evil tax avoiding people so i'm glad that this isn't also just preaching to you about how evil corporations do evil corporationy things mm. it's just it's there i think the point is made but then it focuses more on, on the story and like you said it's it's one of those where it's not that the it's not there isn't a comment on it it's just not labored and forced in your face it's it's all there it's open to interpretation and that's that's perfectly fine. It it causes you to think about it a bit more rather than just spoon feeding you everything, which which is not a problem. And I didn't find myself waning going uh, thinking, oh, why didn't I get a bit more of this? It just it's the enjoyment factor that I like the most about this. It was just a breezy film, and I think I was very much in the mood for it, which is why I'm so positive on it. Yes, you've mentioned that you're not that keen on Stephen. Soderbergh. I'm looking through his old films that I'd forgotten about, but I didn't realise were him, so I might actually be a Steven Soderbergh appreciator here, looking at his previous films that I've liked. The Girlfriend Experience, Contagion, Magic Mike, Side Effects, and now Kimmy. I don't I think, think I've right. seen half of them. Okay. So. Were you a fan of Traffic, though? I don't think I've seen it. It's not great. Maybe it's worth 17-year-old me, whenever that came out, I'm sure that film plays very differently to a 36-year-old. But, yeah, just don't know. Didn't get the hype at the time. But this is fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen The Girlfriend Experience? You might not remember it. I've only just remembered it now from looking up. It's it's stars Sasha Sasha Gray. Gray, Who's Sasha Gray? I don't know. And, And it's... That's another like low budget film, which is just carried by one person, which is sort of what Kimmy is. Mm. 
Maybe maybe after this, I will re-entertain watching some of his back catalogue. Because I think I watched his Oscar bait stuff, and that was the stuff that I wasn't a fan of. But he's obviously got a very less serious side of him where he can just deliver a a quality entertaining film. So yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Magic Mike is good. That's that's entertainment. That's just purely entertainment. Yeah. Well, it's it's a bit more serious than that, but it's entertaining. Mm. Dicks and stuff. Yeah. We've gone off track into a Steven Soderbergh career retrospective. Shall we go into recommend and spoilers before we yeah. derail yeah. completely? Daniel, That's would you recommend Kimmy? Very much so. I think if you just want an entertaining film to put on, not necessarily in the background, pay attention, you'll enjoy it whilst it's on. This will fit the bill. It's not deeply intellectual, but sometimes that's fine. What about you, James? Yes, I would also recommend Kimmy, which, as we have not said, is available on Now TV in the UK and HBO Max in the USA. Let's get to spoilers. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. Zoe Kravitz's character, Angela, is someone that reviews mistakes made by Kimmy and then correct and then codes things into Kimmy's speech. She overhears an assault and a murder on someone's device. She investigates because she wants to find out what's happened with this crime. It turns out to be part of a wider conspiracy where the Kimmy device can be hacked very easily, but it's being covered up. And the makers of Kimmy, and this is what I'm not very clear on, the makers of Kimmy are in deep with organised crime people and there's very large sums of money being exchanged in the background. But in the end, Kimmy's chased down by the criminals to her apartment, but she successfully murders them all with a 100% accuracy, 100% headshot finale. With the head of a nail gun. And the yes. second best use, and not the first best use of that equipment mentioned this week. The ending is where I I still enjoyed it, but that's when I say it went off the rails. It was very, this feels like a bit of an all guns blazing ending where it hadn't been that for so much of the film before that it felt oddly out of place for me. Um, I still did enjoy it, but I don't know about you. What, what was your experience that ending? did feel the same, that it was slightly out of place, but it wasn't such a serious film that it really mattered to me, that it did come a little bit out of nowhere, that yeah, she, yeah. she, she retrieves a nail gun and kills everyone. I, th- I think the only thing that I have a real problem with in this film, which is the bit where I turned to my partner and made a comment and she pissed herself laughing, Angela lets out this series of requests to the Kimmy device Turn off the lights, play the music. I can't even remember now. It's a few weeks since I've seen it. And all these three henchmen stand there like dumbfounded as if they are completely unaware of what this technology is. And I just thought this this does not ring true at all. If it's that prolific in this world, why are they just waiting for 15 seconds for it to let out a series of commands to mug them over? It just seemed a bit too ham-fisted in for me. That That is my only complaint, if I'm honest. It was laughable. Yeah. 
if she says turn off the lights and turn up the music but when you turn off the lights in any given room you can still see yeah and the fact that any of them could go Kimmy turn on the lights <laughs> do you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. unless this is something about the device that we're not aware of that it only recognises the owner's voice which would have got them out of jail but I don't know that to be true they never give me that yeah. piece of information so therefore I'm calling bullshit on it yeah, and as she's giving out the as she's giving out the commands, just just run. She sat down, just run at her. Yeah, just jump, just jump on her and pin her down. Like you have a gun, <laughs> just jump on her and hold your gun to her head. Yeah, before she finishes her long series of of commands, and also no device would be able to respond that reliably to to that quick series of things. So I'm skipping right to the end now, and it was only because I did what I probably have only done a handful of times when we've reviewed something before. I listened to another podcast. Didn't note this, but it's implied that Angela has had quite a traumatic experience, which has led her to be agoraphobic, agrophobic, whatever you want to say. And by the end, her being forced into a very, very traumatic situation somehow solves that for her. And we see this like blissful ending with a partner where she's able to sit outside at the end. And I just thought, yeah, that's not, that wouldn't probably happen. You'd be more fearful and stay indoors yeah. for the next three years. Um, but we'll let that go as well. It's yeah, fine. I, right? I can so I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it that something happened that made her afraid. But then the next time something happened, she fully took control murdered five people and then that gave her some some confidence is that that's what they're trying fair. to say that's fair yeah. actually i never thought of it like that but it is one of those where she gets the upper hand isn't it so ultimately if you know that you can come through that and be the person in power then why wouldn't you feel empowered yourself to take the next step to get over that fear that's fine you've argued that very well yeah Okay, uh, and it ends. It ends with a freeze frame, an unironic, non-comedic freeze frame, which you don't <laughs> see a lot. Yeah, that was a bit cringe. That I'm not too sure I enjoyed that. One thing when, that well, I, it doesn't sorry. take itself seriously, apart from the bit where someone's being murdered and stuffed inside a plastic bag. Yeah, right. In fact, this is what I wanted to ask you about. So, me not knowing the intricacies of what happened in that murder is fine. I can let my mind wander. It's not a problem. They do this weird reenactment thing where the whole outside of the frame is like blurred and it's showing you what occurred. It, well, I say that. Is it meant to be her imagining what has happened? Is it meant to be a nightmarish vision of it? I don't know. I, that I could have done without. I didn't like that too much. It was unnecessary, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was, it was necessary. It's just a shame that they had to do it because I think with just the audio... It wouldn't be they wouldn't be clear enough. So I think it's her it's her imagining it and it's you seeing what she's imagining just to make it clear to you, the audience, this is what the story is. Because if you don't get that, you have no idea what the story of the film is. Again, you've shot me down. I think there was a better way of doing it, but you're right. Now that I think about it, it's not clear that this woman has died. And I think you needed that, didn't you? To yeah, have the dramatic way that it has. Okay, I'll shut up. Should we both shut up and uh, move on to next week? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think that's safe. Um, 
I will say one last thing. Doesn't she look mental when she's running? I don't remember. That looks crazy. Right, well, that's Kimmy. It's available on Now TV, and by the sounds of it, if you do trust us, it's worth watching. So give it a go. What things lie upon the horizon, James? What are we reviewing next week? The French Dispatch, directed by Wes Anderson, because it's now available on Disney+, Plus, so we don't have to go outside to watch it. Very good. Well, sure enough, we'll probably be afraid to stay indoors soon, given events in the world. But anyway, we'll watch that and report back next week. Thank you very much for listening. If you wish to leave us any feedback, you can do so at in the Isles podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at in the Isles podcast and leave us a five-star review and rating on whatever podcast platform you wish to listen on. But James, any other lingering questions? If, like Zoe Kravitz in this film, you use hand sanitizer despite never leaving your own house, please contact us and tell us why. Yeah.